This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I wanted to discuss the crazy topic of being yourself around your kids, not beating yourself around your kids, which is what that sounded like. That is actually what most people do in today's child-centered society is self-flagellate about how horrible they are in front of their kids. But what I meant to say was being yourself, having your actual personality unapologetically around your children, which is a crazy idea that I believe uh, makes life a lot easier and is less toxic and dysfunctional for your self-image as well as all of your family relationships. And before we dive into that, I just wanted to encourage you yet again to subscribe. My subscriber list is growing. That is great. And you get access to all of my subscriber-only episodes on neediness and self-esteem and what women want in bed and all sorts of stuff. My uh, empathic ruptures, some other stuff I just did. Anyway, uh, so please do click on subscribe. And um, and you can also join my secret Facebook group that it has a lot of uh, fun people in it with a lot of nice discussions. And so let's get back to the topic at hand. I feel that the tide is finally turning. Thank God. The pendulum is swinging. I predicted this like, you know, would eventually come. But uh, I just read an article and posted it on my Facebook page. I think it was from the New Yorker, possibly the Atlantic, about uh, the harsh reign of gentle parenting or something it was called. The harsh realm of gentle parenting. I don't remember. But anyway, it talked about this uh, parenting philosophy of gentle parenting and how it can actually make parents crazy and feel like they have to pick and choose exactly the right words to validate their kids. And you can't tell a kid to just put his shoes on because what if he doesn't want to put his shoes on and uh, you're never allowed to do anything even possibly, potentially that could hurt the child's feelings ever. So then really, what are you ever going to do to get them to do anything when they have to do something? And so... um, This uh, author was talking about how this is making parents extremely anxious and it's incredibly difficult to do in real life. And so since this is being published, I feel that perhaps the pendulum is swinging back against this sort of crazy-making, child-centered, obsessional, hothouse parenting that I constantly rail against myself. So yet again, I am earlier than the trend, um, super cool trendsetter. And um, what an interesting part about this whole gentle parenting movement, it's like kind of like assumes that if you tell your kid to do something when they don't want to, that they're going to end up traumatized. And like kids are so resilient. Children survived concentration camps. You know what I mean? So many of my clients have survived horrible childhoods, you know, and it wasn't about anybody telling you to put on your shoes in like a harsh tone of voice. So it is interesting to think that so many of these things actually make parents feel 
um, kind of like they can't be their real self. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about here is like many parents of today really don't even think that being their actual self and having their actual personality around their kids is the goal or is even healthy for the kids. And uh, in fact, a lot of uh, men in particular are um, really uh, yelled at <laughs> by their wives for showing anything of their outside the home personality in front of their kids. So like the same guy that's like, you know, like really assertive and even aggressive at work, like he's supposed to come home and like not even like like ever raise his voice ever and uh, not be competitive playing a game with the kid and uh, ask everything in basically the same tone of voice as the mother. And of course, I've written about this and did a podcast on this about like how your husband doesn't have to treat the kid just the same as you do. And then the child can actually learn that there are many different personality types. So um, one personality type that they should learn about is yours. Whoever is listening to this, whatever your personality type is, I would be willing to say that in this parenting climate, you have told yourself that your child should not really be exposed to it or to most of it or to any of it. And I'm not saying like um, you need to tell dirty jokes to your kids if that's what you do with your buddies. Obviously not. But like if you have a sense of humor, you know, then you're allowed to have a sense of humor with your kids. If sometimes you tease friends, sometimes you could tease your kids in obviously a developmentally appropriate way. But, you know, there are not everybody is has the, the affect of a preschool teacher and or a nun or something. And this like a beatific uh, benevolent presence that only thinks of the child and smiles and is interested in child activities despite not being a child, which is, you know, rare, honestly. So whatever your personality is, why not actually think that you need to share it and then moderate some parts of it versus thinking, and I know people don't articulate this in their heads, but seems to be honestly what I interpret is that um, many parents nowadays think they need to create out of whole cloth an entirely new personality befitting a parent, and that will be their parent identity and personality. And it really has very little overlap in a Venn diagram that um, with their other personality, the one that anyone else recognizes, you know, them as. So, in, you know, in the book All Joy and No Fun by Jennifer Sr. that I always recommend, this is already an old book by this point, um, or, you know, maybe 10 years old, I don't know. But she talks about, I think, or it could be from somewhere else, but about how uh, when as soon as people turn into parents, they like kind of get rid of all their single friends and they have like this whole new personality that's like only based around the kids. And that doesn't really need to happen. You know, it didn't used to happen in previous generations. People used to have different personalities, you know. But now everybody's supposed to have kind of the same personality and it's the personality of like a teacher, or a daycare worker or something like that. And everybody isn't a teacher or a daycare worker. Everybody doesn't have infinity patience. Everybody doesn't like watching uh, G-rated movies. Everybody doesn't like singing songs that rhyme. Everybody doesn't like doing these things. So having whatever your own personality is, it's not a bad thing. You just need to moderate it a little bit for your child when it's not developmentally appropriate. Right, So if, if part of what you really like to do is to ski really fast downhill, 
then you're skiing with your kids, you're not going to ski really fast downhill with kids that don't know how to ski, right? But you are going to go skiing. You're going to take them on the bunny slope. You are not going to take them down the fast hill yet. So it's very similar with any other aspect of your personality that you may have subconsciously felt had to be excised in its entirety because um, it wasn't befitting your parent identity. So people do this with any hint of competitiveness, aggression, assertion, self-assertion, expression of their own needs. That one really goes away pretty quick nowadays. Any hobby that isn't child-friendly, women in particular get rid of quickly. Um, Any sorts of music even that you listen to. I mean, I understand you're not going to have like gangster rap lyrics, but people will put on child music instead of their own Music? How was music ever decided to not be child-friendly? Unless, of course, it has horrible, violent lyrics. But I'm sure that everybody listening to this remembers listening to the music that their parents liked as kids and then growing to like it. But now people, many, many more people only listen to what the child likes. And the child likes something that probably neither parent really likes. And so then why would the child get to choose that all the time or possibly even any of the time in the car when the child is not driving? You know, the parent needs to be listening to what they want because they are doing the work of driving, perhaps. So even this has kind of gone away and um, people have deferred more and more to uh, what the child wants, which I discuss frequently, but also taking away parts of their personality that don't cohere with the idea of what a parent identity is supposed to look like. And this really makes you feel really tired all the time because you're always changing your personality. It's kind of like being in a service occupation where you have to be smiling all the time. You know, like you, it's like being a waitress and it's, you know, and you can't be energetic when you're also simultaneously trying to squash whatever parts of your personality could potentially be construed as less than ideal for your child. And so it it makes parenting very tiring. It makes it feel like something you need constant breaks from or you're going to die because you never get to really feel natural. You don't feel natural around your own kids. And you don't feel like the things that you go to say, and this is particularly true for adult children of dysfunctional families who don't have an automatic default. When they go back in their mind, they don't have something that like, oh, I'll just say what mom always said. It's like, well, hell no. I know what not to say. At least I know one thing not to say. It's what mom always said. But they don't know what to say. But instead of defaulting to whatever they would say to anyone else, another adult, you know, as they have been doing for X amount of decades, they have like no idea what to say because there's no overlap between thinking of your child as a um, and, and thinking of other people. The child isn't supposed to be just like a person you hang out with. Of course, they're not just the person you hang out with. I'm not an idiot, right? They're a person you love, a little person that came out of your body or your partner's body that you love to hang out with and sometimes hate to hang out with. But they are still just a person. They're just a family member. And it's really uh, different to start to think about your child as just another family member with whom you can have your same personality. I talk about this in my article, Tell Your Kids About Your Work. Many people don't tell their kids anything about their work. I have people who have the most fascinating jobs. Their kids don't know shit what they do at all. People who are like high up like science, medicine, law. The kid literally knows one word, lawyer. You know, that's what they do. I'm talking about kids who are like 
eight years old. We're not talking about a three-year-old. That's pretty good if your three-year-old knows lawyer. It's not so good if your eight-year-old only knows lawyer. Like, do they not know any of your, like, what you do? Like, your clients? It's obviously not confidential material, but something that's interesting that can make them understand you better. This certainly is a part of your personality and something that you should discuss for many reasons that I discuss in that article helps your children be proud of you understand about the value of hard work you know uh, lots of things but anyhow there besides work there are plenty of other aspects of you kids love to hear stories about when you were their age they love to hear stories about when you were any age that isn't your current age any time before they were born anything before they start remembering you know they really love to hear things about what you think your motivations but parents don't think that this is like part of the you know acceptable repertoire of things that they could talk to their kid about the acceptable repertoire from what I could tell seems to things about what happened to the child that day or that are coming up in the near future. That is so boring. I mean, how many times can you ask a child what happened to them that day in school and them tell you nothing? And then you're supposed to even get creative. Oh, well then, you know, how was art with Miss Smith? Man, I don't even remember the name of the kid's art teacher, but you're supposed to remember it and you're supposed to ask about the individual kids in the class like you don't have enough kids of your own or people in your own life and your own work. And then you got to remember it and all of this different stuff. Like, yeah, it's good if you're the kind of person who can remember all of that and is interested in it. But if you're not, then you could think, talk about other things that are interesting with your child too. Things that you want to talk about. Things about topics that interest both you and your child. And if you're somebody who says that there's nothing, that's just because you haven't been thinking uh, of this as a possibility even. So there's no interest that you have that you're excited about that cannot possibly excite your child. Just the idea of a parent being excited and enthusiastic and wanting to share something can make a child excited and enthusiastic and want to share something. My son asks me all the time, and my daughters to a lesser extent, but because he is more interested than they are, but they'll still ask, how is the market? Because I follow the stock market. So they'll ask about that. Right? They'll ask about how my clients were or uh, what I did if I went out you know, with either a friend or with my husband about what we ate and what we did. So you know, your children are super interested and curious about your life if you act like yourself. And if you act enthusiastic about yourself and your life and your interests, then they will join your enthusiasm. If you act vaguely apologetic about anything that you do think or have ever experienced that is unrelated to what a person a typical child would find interesting, then you are doing yourself a disservice and a disservice to your children as well. They already know how to be children. They don't need you to tell them how to be children or to join them constantly in their activities, which they could do with other children. Even only children can do that on play dates and so forth. And of course, as an only child myself, I believe you really need to have a lot of play dates. Most parents of only children understand this. But then you can also do many things that you enjoy too. Like your child can read a book next to you while you read a book that you like. You don't always have to be reading a book to your child, especially after a certain age. You can be reading the same book. By the time they get up to any middle grade author, you can, if, if you are going to read a book with them, you get to pick <laughs> at least half the time and then you can discuss the book with them. 
So there's many books of, uh, you know, that are super interesting as you get, especially into middle school and up. And even before that, Matilda, Roald Dahl's, all his books, loads of them. I mean, lots and lots of books that you remember from when you were young. All of your favorite books. My oldest daughter read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, which is something that I always liked when I was her age and younger. And uh, then I, I reread A Tree Grows in Brooklyn and then we talked about it and all of that. That was really great. And that was something that she originally didn't want to read. She thought it looked boring because, I mean, it was published in 1940, which uh, was a lot longer ago for her than it was for me when I read it in, you know, 1990. But eventually, you know, a couple of chapters in, she really started to like it. And it's something that we refer to a lot now. So do not be shy to share your own interests and your own personality with your children. In therapy later in life, people constantly tell me that they wish they knew their parents better. What better time to start than when they're still living in your home? So share things that you would never think to share with your kids unapologetically and happily and enthusiastically about your interests, your hobbies, your preferences, who you were as a kid, who you are now. Where do you see your life going? You know, what are your goals in your career and otherwise? What, you know, there's so much about you. All the things that you Google search during a day when you're bored. How many of those would you share with your kids, assuming they are, you know, PG rated, which they usually are, quite honestly, you know? And so we, even like vacation destinations, that's a great conversation to have with your kids, but most people don't tell their kids shit until they say, oh, we're going on a vacation here. And don't worry, it has a kids club and it's going to have pizza every night. Like, don't worry. What a beautiful, wonderful gift you're giving your child of doing anything that is a fun vacation. Never mind that it has to be tailored exactly to their interests. Certainly, it's wonderful to take a child to an amusement park or something like that, but they can also do whatever it is that you like to do and travel and enjoy that as well because people's fondest memories come from their parents being happy. So remember that, not faking happy, <laughs> because if all you do is go to Six Flags, you're going to be faking happy, unless, of course, you're a Six Flags aficionado and you love amusement parks, in which case you're awesome, but I bet your spouse doesn't love them as much, and maybe the kids would also like going bird watching or whatever the hell your spouse likes to do. People's fondest memories of their parents when they recount them in therapy are doing things that their parents loved and introduced them to. Introduce them to. Not a kid coming home from school saying, I learned how to make these bracelets out of rubber bands. You want to do it for the next 25 times that we hang out? And the parent being like, sure, while they secretly fantasize about just taking like, you know, all the rubber bands and throwing them out the window. So instead, they remember things like when my dad taught me to fish or when my mom took me to this museum exhibit that she loved or when I went to, you know, see this show with my grandma or like whatever it was, usually people recount things that are what a parent liked and introduced the child to, thereby the child felt special to be into the parent's special orbit and understand more about the parent as a person versus just, you know, and they have some nice uh, memories too of like my mother would play dolls with me or my father would play ball with me. Sure. But the majority of people listening to this podcast already do that stuff. Don't forget all the other things where the child says, I mean, like, 
my youngest likes to go to the dump with my husband. It's the craziest thing. And um, he's not old enough yet to like throw things out at the dump when there's like, you know, stuff from construction projects. He can't get out yet. So we were talking about something some like uh, real estate project or something. And then um, my son said, but uh, so if that's in like, you know, 10 years, I'll be old enough <laughs> to go to the to go to the dump and actually throw the stuff. So like you never know what the kid is actually going to pick up on as something that they specially enjoy and that they consider a special privilege and a great part of hanging out with you. And if you indulge more of your own true self and your likes and dislikes and preferences and sense of humor and goals and aspirations and thought style, then parents will no longer feel like parenting, but just like living your life in a liberating way around somebody who you are bonding to, your kid, in a way that doesn't always have to be so specifically delineated as parenting a child of X age, right? And wouldn't that be a relief? All right, so if this spoke to you, then please do share it with your partner, use it to spark a discussion, and subscribe. I'll talk to everybody soon.